Thanks for listening to a YPC podcast. We believe God wants to do so much for you and through you, and we'd love to hear about it. Take a second to send your story to office at ypcprior.com and enjoy the message today. Well, good morning, Your Place Church. We're super excited that you guys have tuned in once again online on this virtual platform. And if you were with us last weekend, last weekend was Easter weekend, and I can't tell you how many people showed up because I don't know. (laughs) I don't know how many people watched. I don't know. We know how many views we had, and we know that the views are just going up and up and up. And can I tell you something, friends? We miss you. We miss all of our people, and we love you. And right now, we are already planning our our first gathering after this whole thing is over. We are going to celebrate. We are going to partay. I mean, we're already having conversations about it even now. And we don't even know when we're going to meet. But we know that when we do, it's going to be amazing. For those of you who are on social media, then you probably saw our big announcement last weekend. Uh, we, We announced that this fall, This fall, this coming up August, September, fall time, right? We are launching our very own ministry college right here at Your Place Church. We're calling it Your Place College. And we are so excited about this. We believe that God has called us and equipped us to train leaders and put them on the harvest field. Listen, if you are between 18 and 24 or you know someone who has a call to ministry in that age in that age range, then we actually have a preview day coming up April the 23rd at 2 p.m. Now, obviously, you can't come to the church. It's going to be online. It'll be a virtual experience. And if you would like more information about Your Place College, you can actually just go to yourplacecollege.com. It's that easy. It's that simple. We cannot wait to see what God is going to do through this ministry college. Today, we are starting a brand new series. You know, with the popularity of this online experience, we've had tons of people signing on. And quite honestly, I underestimated how many of you guys actually love this venue love this online campus. With that being said, we're getting tons of positive feedback. Last week being Easter, we actually wanted to slow down this week and take a few minutes and go back to the beginning, go back to the basics, because we believe there are some things that we all need to know about Jesus and about our salvation. And so before we do, I'm just going to invite you right there in your homes Just bow your heads with me. We're going to pray. We're going to honor God in these next few moments. Father, we love you. We thank you, Father God, that there is no time, there is no space, there is no distance between us and your people and you, Father. So, Father, we thank you right now that the Holy Spirit would just just flow into our living rooms, our cars, our kitchens, wherever we're watching right now, Father God, and that your Holy Spirit would just move through me, Father. I pray that my words are not my own, Father. Lord, that I can, in this moment, sense the leading in the direction of your Holy Spirit, Father, and that you would, lead, you would lead me and guide me right now over the next few minutes. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, just like you, in life, I value things 
the more I understand things. The more I understand what went into things, the more I understand the process, how it was made, how it happened. I tend to value things more and more when I understand what went into them. Let me give you an example. Last uh, February, we had the opportunity before all of this stuff went down in our country. Um, Tyra and I, we traveled to Florida. And we were hanging out in Florida, and you see things in Florida that you don't see in Mays County, Oklahoma. For instance, I was driving, and I looked across at the stoplight, and there was a convertible Rolls Royce right there. You don't see too many Rolls Royces, you know, rolling through Mays County, Oklahoma. And so I was like, oh, wow, look, Tyra, there's a Rolls Royce. And she was like, a what? No, a Rolls Royce. I'm kidding. She knows what a Rolls Royce is. But she says, you know, it, it looks just like a car. It's just a it's just a car to me. And I was shocked because she obviously does not know what goes into making a Rolls Royce. And so I looked this up because I wanted to tell you, our online audience, exactly what goes into making a Rolls, a Rolls Royce. So a Rolls Royce passes through 60 pairs, all right, 60 pairs of highly skilled hands, not robots, not machines, hands before it reaches its owner. Nearly every aspect of the car can be customized. The ceiling lining can be customized to the leather, the panel inlays, right down to the stitching. Buyers can choose from a variety of interior illumination. You can have something as simple as a cabin light or dome light to these little Ten LED lights that form your favorite constellation. Can you imagine driving at night and there's the Big Dipper on your interior ceiling? It goes on to say hand-stitched leatherwork takes over two weeks to complete with nine hides required for each interior. The hides are pre-shrunk, drum-dried for even color distribution and a softer feel and longer life, right? Each set of wood veneers, right? So the wood on the dash, on the consoles, each set of wood veneers comes from a single tree, a single tree creating a simple, seamless flow of flawless wood from the dashboard to the rear compartment. Patterns in the grain are carefully matched to make the dashboard as symmetrical as possible. The car can be adorned with anything from the classic Rolls-Royce monogram to the buyer's own initials. You can have your family crest embedded into the seats or, or your, your, I said your initials. Um, it's amazing. Personal emblems can be stitched into the, into, the, into the interior. Listen to this. Every Rolls-Royce engine is put together by one person. Well, not everyone by the same one, but one person will put together that engine, and they will see it through all the way through. In fact, it, it takes approximately three and a half months from the time you order your Rolls-Royce until the time it's delivered. Now, once you understand that, you value it more. In fact, when we were in Florida, I probably saw more Rolls-Royce Phantoms while we were there than I have my entire life. Now, I don't know that I actually like the looks 
of a Rolls Royce, you know, just driving down the road. But now that I know what goes into making one, I value it so much more. And it's like that with most of us. The more we understand how it's made, the more we value it. We're coffee drinkers. There is actually a brand of coffee that the beans are, are grown in a, a guano-type product. Now, I don't know if you know what guano is. Guano is bat poop, okay? There is a brand of coffee that is grown in bat poop, and it's super expensive, and I've never tried it but there's a piece of me that wants to, right? It's one of those things. It's like that with most of us. Once we understand how something is made or the process it underwent, we give it higher value, at least in our thoughts. And it goes with the same thing with our salvation. For so many of us, we have no idea what it actually means to be saved or what went into our salvation. We just know that at the end of the day, I said a prayer, now I get to go to heaven. And I think for some of us, we know what went into this, but I think we need a reminder. We need someone to say, hey, remember what Jesus did for you. And the book of Romans actually talks about the process of salvation. Now, most scholars believe that the writer of Romans is the apostle Paul. And in the book of Romans, he's doing the very thing that I want to do with us this weekend. He's laying down a foundation or a road, if you will, that once you follow it, you see the complete value of what Jesus did for us and you esteem it more. I'll never forget going through Bible school and, and sitting through the class, Redemptive Realities. And when I found out everything that Jesus did for me, it changed my life. And I want you to experience that this weekend. The first thing that we need to understand is there's a problem that needs to be addressed. And that problem is you. <laughs> and I'm not saying you as a person. I'm saying you as a sinner. Romans chapter 3 verse 9 now I'm going to read out of the message translation it says so where does that put us do we Jews get a better break than the others not really basically all of us whether insiders or outsiders start out in identical conditions which is to say that we all start out as sinners the scripture leaves no doubt about it. Listen, friends, it doesn't matter how good of a person you think you are, we were all born into sin. And I don't have time to get into all of this, but it is safe to say that none of us actually deserve to be saved. None of us deserve to go to heaven. And if we got what we deserved, there's not one person who would actually make it to heaven. Romans chapter 3 verse 23 says, For all, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now, most people won't dispute that. Yeah, I've fallen short. <laughs> yeah, I used to be a, a, a sinner. Like most people don't understand that. 
I mean, some of you, if you're being honest right now, you lost it trying to get everybody into the living room before worship started today, right? We all have a past. We all have things that we're overcoming. Now, we joke about sin. We joke about our past lives, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm an old sinner saved by grace. I hear that one all the time. I'm just an old, filthy sinner saved by grace. And some of us, we laugh at our BC days like they're funny, but we know they're not supposed to be, right? We know that sinful life isn't actually something that pleases God. You know, I, I hear phrases like, ha, 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 I did a fair bit of running around in my day. Well, I've heard this phrase. You know, I used to could drink a sailor under the table. <laughs> Why do sailors get the bad rap? I mean, think about it. You can cuss like a sailor. You can drink like a sailor. You can kiss like a sailor. You have the anger of a sailor. And I don't know why, but I guess sailors have a rough life being stuck on a ship someplace. And I don't know why the sailors get brought into it, but when you think of sinners, you think of sailors. And now listen, if you're a sailor out there, I am not calling you a sinner. This is what the culture is saying, right? But here's the thing. We've all sinned. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. And according to Romans chapter 6, verse 23, the wages of that sin is death, which according to the Mosaic law, anybody, anybody who has been caught in a sin was supposed to be instantly put to death. So what are we going to do? If we're all sinners... If we all were born into this, what do we do? Well, listen, a fallen world, a sinful world needs hope. We need hope. We need a savior. The second part of the Romans road further explains the hope that we have through the love of God that is expressed through Jesus Christ. Romans chapter five, verse eight says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Man, let that one sink in for a second. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Can you imagine giving your life for a group of people who currently do not want anything to do with you? Now, I know there's people out there that are mad at God. They are mad at God. In fact, they blame God for something that happened to them, for the loss of a loved one. They blame God, and they say phrases like this. They say, well, if God wanted to, he could have saved them. He could have done something about it. And now, if God was to show up in front of them, even though that's not God's character, to, to, to cause harm, to steal, to kill, to destroy. The Bible says that's the devil's job. That's what the devil does. But because people have a, a misunderstanding of the character of God, if God was to show up right in front of them, they would cuss him to his face. And yet Christ died for people just like that. I want to show you a story of a gentleman who realized that when he was yet a sinner, Christ died for him. Take a look at this. 
Hi, my name is Jamie. I've been going to YPC since around September, uh, right at the start of the relationship series Spice It Up. I had had a lot of not so great experiences with churchgoers in this area. They, uh, they seemed very hypocritical and judgmental. Um, and so because of that, I was very put off from attending churches. Uh, it was kind of a downward spiral for a little while. Uh, then I joined a motorcycle club, and that surprisingly helped me far more than anything else had. It got me back on a straight path. And because of those decisions, I was lucky enough to meet my lovely wife, and we created a family together, bought a home, and that was always my dream, was to create a family. Uh, and so just as my head had gotten on straight and it felt like everything was going well and I was about to have my first son. And then we lost him. Uh, and on top of that I found out that I would never get to be a father ever again. And that hurts. It hurts a lot. Two years later, here I am with my wife and kids begging me to go to YPC. And I reluctantly decided I'd, I'd attend a couple services just to appease them. So I sit down and worship starts and everybody stands and I feel like a fish out of water. Uh, I've got no idea what's going on. Everyone's raising their hands in worship. Um, and just oblivious to everything going on around them and just just living in that moment with Jesus. And, and I thought that that would never be me. I'm just, just coming here, you know, for a little while until, you know, until I can appease the family and then I'll just stop going to church again. And it was about the third service, um, during worship where something just kind of changed. You know, I, I feel like it was just my perspective that changed because everything else pretty well stayed the same, but I looked at everything a lot differently. You know, I stood up during worship. Um, I wasn't quite ready to, to raise my hands and completely surrender and, you know, be that vulnerable during worship yet, but I was trying. And that that was when it really started. Um, from there, you know, I got, got heavily involved in youth leadership. Um, I found myself being a better husband. I found myself being a better father again. Um, and I didn't realize the opportunity that God was giving me by bringing me into youth ministry, I thought, you know, yeah, it's great being a father to Aiden and Ailey, but there was, I mean, I'd always wanted one of my own. Uh, and little did I know that now I've got a whole litter of children that are constantly in and out of my house, eating my food, coming to me for advice, uh, or just wanting to spend quality time with me. Uh, God gave me the opportunity to be fatherly to 
an entire county's worth of children, um, which is more than I could have ever asked for. For those of you that feel like, you know, wait, when's it my time to feel that change? When it, when is it, when's my opportunity come up? When does my relationship with Jesus uh, happen? It's, it's not a, it's not a when. You have to decide when you want to make that relationship happen. Um, I struggled for years and finally made the decision that I'm going to be better. I'm going to strive to be more godly. I'm going to make an effort to be a better Christian. Uh, and I always thought that I was a decent Christian, uh, but it was when it was convenient for me. Right here, right now is your opportunity to change that, to make that decision for your life, for your family's lives, for your friends, for everyone around you. You touch more lives than you could ever possibly imagine. When we were yet sinners, when we were not even believing in God, when we had the wrong idea about who God even is, what he does, I mean, if I'm going to be honest, before I found Jesus, I thought God was this mean, domineering person who just wanted to ruin all my fun and to make us live by all of these rules. I thought he was actually the one behind all of the bad things we see in the world. And it didn't make sense to me why everyone said God is good and then blamed him for all the evil going on in the world. People would say things to me like, well, God is allowing me to go through this to teach me something. I mean, even insurance companies have, a, have a, a, uh, an option that you can click or that you can check that describes your incident as an act of God. An act of God. God is is causing these things to happen. A tree falling on your house, a, a, a tornado, a hurricane, an earthquake. They're all considered acts of God. Well, if that's the thought, then some people would suggest that this virus, this pandemic that we're going through right now would be considered an act of God. And friends, can I just tell you something? God is not behind this virus. God is not behind this, this pandemic that we're facing right now. He's the one who sent his son to die for us while we were still mocking him to his face. Jesus loves you. Your heavenly father loves you. And he knew that, at least for some of us, there would be a day that we would see the truth and then we would want and desire a relationship with him. Again, verse 8, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Which takes me to this next stop in the road that Paul is laying for us in Romans here. What do we do? Now that we know we're sinners, now that we know we need a Savior, what do we do? 
Well, we got to understand that Romans chapter 9, or chapter 10, verse 9 says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Friend, there is only one road to heaven. There is only one road to salvation. There's only one road to peace and to freedom in your life. There's only one road to forgiveness of sin, and that is Jesus. Jesus is the only way. And not only do we need to believe that he exists, but according to scripture, we have to confess that with our mouth. Now, what does confess mean? What what does that mean? There are lots of discussions around this topic. Do you have to pray a prayer? Do you have to say something out loud? Does there need to be an altar call, right? We never see Jesus do an altar call in Scripture. Never once did Jesus say, okay, everybody, bow your heads, close your eyes. Do you want to receive me in your heart? Like, we don't, we don't see that in Scripture. But for us, we do that. And the reason why is because we want you to have a no-so experience. Do you know that if you died right now, you'd go to heaven? Do you know that you're born again? Scripture does talk about that. Do you know when you made that decision to follow Christ? And as preachers and as communicators and people who do what we do, we want to create these types of moments where you can know so. You know so. For me, it was May 1987. I was in a youth group in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, 17 years old, and a, and a, and a, a speaker was traveling uh, through our community by the name of Keith Green. He was an a, a, a all-star athlete, and uh, he, he gave his heart to Christ, and he showed up at our youth group one night, and he created a moment for me. He had us all bow our heads and close our eyes. And he says, listen, if you're looking for a relationship with Jesus, if you don't know that if you died right now, you would go to heaven. And friends, as I sat there, I didn't know so. I I didn't know that I know that I know. And that night I lifted my hands to receive Jesus into my heart and my life has never been the same. Romans chapter 10 verse 13 says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. There is a calling on the name of the Lord. There is a moment. There is a without a doubt experience. And can I just pause right here and look right into that camera? Look right into your eyes and ask you a question. Do you know so? 
Do you remember the moment? And maybe you do. Maybe you're in the room today and you're watching this and you remember. Can I encourage you? Don't forget. Don't forget what Jesus did. But maybe you're here and you're watching and you don't have a moment like that. You don't know so. So what I would like to do is I would just like to lead you in a prayer. The message is not over, but I just feel an an unction from the Holy Spirit to pause right here, look into that camera, and lead some of you to a relationship with Jesus. If you don't know that you know that you know, if you were to die right now that you would go to heaven, then I'm simply going to ask you to do this with me. Simply say this prayer. Bow your head. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe in Jesus. And right now, Jesus, I'm inviting you to come into my life because the Bible says to believe and to call. So right now, Father, I believe and I'm calling on you. I'm calling on Jesus to come into my life. I'm choosing today to spend the rest of my life in a relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. You have been listening to a YPC podcast. Visit our website at ypcprior.com to hear more.